As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. Okay, so so you don't like to lose. If in this case you are not successful in, you know, the board does not accept your offer, you've said you won't go higher, is there a plan B? There is. <laughs> I, I, think we, I think we would like to hear a little bit about plan B. For, for another time, I think. Another time? Yeah. All right. Oh, oh my gosh. The digital get-in continues. That was that yesterday, that TED thing. I don't even know what those are. Am I supposed to know what they are? What the hell are they? I was like, is there some guy named Ted just talking? Am I supposed... Oh, wait. I, I realized. Oh, you have your speakers associations. Welcome back to the show. It's... Uh, well, we're joining us. Like, that, like, not welcome back today, but it's Friday. I'm going to warn you. I've been up for a really long time, and I've... I think I'm made of Black Rifle Coffee right now, so I don't know what's going to happen. Sasquatch variety, and then the uh, Silencer Smooth, specifically, yeah. respectively. Welcome to the show, though. It's Friday. I'm Dana Lash. It's good Friday, or bad Friday. Som- sometimes people, you know, it's, it is finished nonetheless. Welcome to the show. It's good to be with you. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, so last night, I'm going to give you the latest with this. I was watching this last night, watching all of this go down. So now, as of, like, now, this could change. Who knows? Like, at some point today, who knows? So, Elon Musk was usurped as Twitter's largest shareholder by the Vanguard Group, which I have a question. So, how is this firm... They're made up of a bunch of people who, they're, they're an asset firm. How is this acting in the best interests of the people who have, you know, they put their money with the Vanguard Group? How is this in acting in accordance with that? Because this seems like a petty political move and not a move that's made because vanguard was like this seems like a sure thing so i'm curious kane yes kane's smile was you thought joker had a smile well it could be like you said it could be one of two things a petty political move that's what i'm putting my chips on yeah which i think is probably what it is but or they as an investment firm Mm -hmm. for their individual and and group investors Mm -hmm. think that this is a good buy at this moment. So those are the only two options, honestly. 
it's not worth what it's what they say that it's worth. Vanguard said that they now own 82.4 million shares or 10.3%, a full percentage higher than Elon Musk. Are they gonna if so if, what if he were to what if Musk were to buy like another, you know, chunk? Would they then buy another chunk? Good question. And then it would just like go back and forth, back and forth, back. I'm just I'm really legitimately curious about this. So Vanguard, at the end of December, they had owned shares previously. It's not like they didn't own anything previously. They had 67.2 million or about 8.4%. So they went from being about a point below to a point over. The rest of the spots apparently are occupied. The top 10 shareholders, it's Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk, and the rest of them are financial institutions. Wah, wah. The rest of the, we can't have billionaires. We can't have billionaires running. Oh, wait, but this is okay? Yesterday, he was uh, going back and forth with, who is he, the prince of Alawit to I don't care. It's I don't care. I don't care. Saudi Arabia. The guy over in Saudi Arabia, he's got, he had a stake in Twitter. He had a little 5%. He's not even a top 10 shareholder. He's a tinier shareholder. Tinier. And he was complaining, we don't give consent. Shut up. Shut up. You're a smaller shareholder. Shut up. Didn't you kill Jamal Khashoggi too? I mean, I Jamal Khashoggi was an activist who like was screwing around with bad people. Not saying that that justifies it, but you know, there's a certain risk assessment that one must make. But at the same time, the left was like, "We hate Saudi Arabia. They killed Jamal Khashoggi, a guy whose name we didn't even know until like five seconds ago. They killed him. Ah, we hate you, Saudis, but we want to make sure that we get your oil and we don't make any of our own. And also, please buy all of our digital enterprises." That's that's the left right now. Just like that. I told Kane it's a slower news day, so it's gonna I'm gonna be a brat today. Not like well, again today. Right. <laughs> so that there. Let's be right. But it's true. So they have the the rest of them are financial institutions. Vanguard, it, I was reading this Wall Street Journal piece. They're saying no. They're not making a directional bet on Twitter. They, they said the firm often sides with management on voting issues and doesn't advocate for changes like a hedge fund or, or activist, like, like an activist investor may. But still, they did this. You knew that this was going to happen. I was waiting for something like this to happen. I had said the other day, oh, you're going to have a buyer's group that's going to come in and try to, they're going to try to stop him from t- a hostile takeover. Someone said that he doesn't have, that Musk doesn't have really the money to buy all of Twitter. The richest man in the world. I think Twitter's grotesquely overvalued. It is so overvalued. It's insane. Really? The richest man in the world couldn't buy this hellscape of a site? The turd in the punch bowl that is civil discourse? The spawning ground for the rage mob? That's where the rage mob spawns in. You know that, right? Twitter. They spawn in on Twitter. They come out equipped with torches and pitchforks. You wouldn't have rage mobs if you didn't have Twitter. That's what it's like. It is like a video game. It's a spawn point for rage mobs. Let's be real. Let's go on Twitter to complain. How dare you, McDonald's? How dare you, Disney? Where are you on gay issues, Disney? Where are you on telling parents what to do with their children, Disney? I mean, this is the stuff. This is where it happens. Remember when it was... Twitter is a private company. They can do whatever they want to do. Jeff Jarvis. I don't even know who this guy is. Maybe I should know who he is. 
I just like, oh, he's over. I don't care. He's some professor and I don't care. But he's a verified check mark and he is easy pickings. He tweeted on May 29th of 2020, Kane. So what should Twitter do with Trump? Whatever it wants to. That is the point. That is its freedom of expression. It has the freedom to do nothing, to delete his tweets, to add fact checks and warnings to them, to not promote them. I think it is now doing the right thing. Jeff Jarvis today. Today on Twitter feels like the last evening in a Berlin nightclub at the twilight of Weimar, Germany. He was upset because Space Hitler was going to take over the Twitters. Space Hitler. Sounds like a, it sounds like a, like a, oh gosh, who am I thinking? A Monster Magnet song, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, by the way, we need to play that at the bottom of the hour. So it's been dramatically, you know, I mean, it's crazy. They went from, uh, Twitter's a private company. It should do what it wants to. I'm frightened by the impact. This is Max Boot. So fitting. I'm frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. Oh my gosh. He seems to think that anything on social media, that on social media, anything goes. And why should it? Why shouldn't it not? And the worst, the most egregious offenses of this are the left themselves. Why are people so afraid of freedom? Why are people so afraid of being confronted with an alternate viewpoint? How tight is your butt? Golly. For real, I feel like it bears... I mean, this is like just mind-blowing stupidity. But that's what all these people... It went from Twitter's a private company to... This space Hitler, he's going to put us in a colony on the moon and kill us. So now we have Vanguard. Twitter CEO, who himself is a frillionaire, well, 12 billion, a mere 12 billion cane. I mean, Mr. Agrawal only has 12 billion. (laughs) It's pennies. Golly, can you imagine? He told employees that the board was continuing to review Musk's offer. And just, you know, FYI. And then there's this private equity firm. Pull this up. Uh, Toma Bravo. They're considering a bid for, twer- for Twitter. See, they're trying to get a buyer's group together. They're trying so desperately to get something together. They said that they were... Toma Bravo apparently also owns McAfee, Landesk, Barracuda, and manages more than $103 billion in assets. There you go. So... They're, according to New York Post, are making a push. They said that should a bid be made by the company, it should it would be seen as a white knight. Twitter's freaking out. And then you have Mark Cuban. I'm not a fan of Mark Cuban. I think Mark Cuban says things depending on the audience to whom he's speaking. He says that that Musk is just screwing around with the F- that with the SEC. That he's basically he just accused him of being a troll is what he's doing. Which I don't necessarily think so. And I told you yesterday that DOJ and SEC just very coincidentally came. I'm sure this is all coincidence. They launched an investigation into him. It's very important. The things that are important to our DOJ are terrorist parents, Kane. Terrorist parents. Uh, 
that's very important to them. Also important to them is uh, J6 stuff, grandmas, anyone unlawfully parading. What is unlawful parading, you ask? Well, wouldn't you like to know, says Fed Boys. And then also, any rich person who does not think like a progressive, who may buy Twitter, who may purchase Twitter, that's also cane of interest to the DOJ. I can't say, I mean, it stands for the Department of Justice. I like to refer to it as standing for something else that I can't say on air. So, just saying, that's, they're investigating. Very, very coincidental. So how is this, how is this going to, how is this going to work? Some people are saying Twitter has a poison pill. It's a protocol to stop his bid and taking over the platform. I just think that it's a hellscape and I wish it would shut down. Coming up, how much money is blanky money? Is there a monetary figure? We'd all think, I think we'd like to know this, right? Because now it's not good enough to be a millionaire or billionaire. You want to be blanky rich. Because that means you're untouchable, right? We're going to talk about this. Also, you know that Russian Navy flagship? I'm... Look, I don't... I know what I know and I know what I don't. I don't know a lot about Ukrainian military. I Do they have a Navy? Because they took out Russia's flagship with a missile. A country without a Navy took out Russia's flagship. We're going to talk about this coming up as well. They are... Man, they're not doing good. We got border issues, all kinds of fun stuff that you don't want to miss. The left loses its mind when Elon Musk tries to buy all of Twitter. The FBI had the Brooklyn subway shooter on its radar and stopped watching him. And Joy Behar of The View thinks the Supreme Court passes legislation. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, apparently now, it's not just Joe Biden that everybody's worried about. It's Dianne Feinstein as well. There's accusations that she's mentally unfit, that she's senile, and that Democrats are too afraid to actually confront her about this. And so now people are saying, and this is the San Francisco Chronicle for the love. Uh, now they're saying that she needs to resign. Is she though? Is she? Cena? I don't know. She's older than dirt. I don't know how old dirt is, but I'm not saying that as like a negative. I'm just, except if you're in elected office or driving and you don't have all your wits about you, then yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is a negative. The Army suicide crisis in Alaska is spurring bipartisan calls for uh, intervention or for some kind of action, according to USA Today. They're asking the Army to address this alarming problem of suicide in Alaska, requesting plans to improve living conditions and ensure soldiers have timely access to mental health counselors. Uh, Alaska's Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan, along with Jackie Speer out of California, wrote to the Army Secretary and the Army Suicide Crisis that they apparently there were 17 soldier fatalities in Alaska in 2021 that they believe suicide is responsible or attributable to this. They said the epidemic of this cries out for immediate action. But the military is too busy on pronouns and doing videos about due to identify as women being the first woman in certain leadership positions. So I don't think that your cries are going to get heard. Homebuyers 
stymied by fewer homes and higher prices are now raising rates. We told you this was going to happen. The Associated Press says that that uh, this is happening actually everywhere, not just in like hotter markets. Uh, but bidding wars are driving up sales prices all over. They said a quarter of all homes sold in February were purchased with cash, up from 22% a year ago, according to the National Association of Realtors. That's wild, man. I would not want to be. I would not want to be in that the housing, the real estate market right now. Uh, according to, let me see here. I don't know why they're doing this. In Tampa, the time and temperature phone numbers were resurrected. In St. Petersburg, in St. Pete and, and, and Clearwater, Clearwater, Florida. Time and temperature. I forgot all about those. You used to be able to call a number and get the time and temperature. That's like actually wild to think about now. Did, did Gen Z know that? Stick with us. We've got more in store. If there's only one word to remember about Keltec, it's innovation. A privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American-made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P15 9mm striker fire pistol. The P15 is Keltec's first striker fire handgun and is the lightest and thinnest of its kind, featuring a totally unique patent-pending extended magazine. The P15 pistol's other features include fiber optic front sight and adjustable rear, ambidextrous safety and magazine release, as well as a gator grip texture that increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling. The P-15 is fun on the range, but it's definitely great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P-15 9mm striker fire pistol and all other Keltec weapons and products, check out keltecweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Keltec, creating innovative, quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltecweapons.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's why I don't think they're going to let this go through. I mean, understand the left's position today. The left's position is if you don't agree with me, you're not allowed to speak. And if you try, we're going to call you racist and we're going to try to cancel you. So I don't think they'll let this go forward because if they do, then they can't suppress the Hunter Biden story. Then they can't kick President Trump off of Twitter. Then they can't throttle back Republicans who are trying to fundraise on these big tech platforms, who are trying to get out their message. Mm. Yeah, true. That's Jim Jordan, who's saying that what we all know, that they are not the left. The institutional left is not they don't want to allow this to happen. They don't want to allow this to happen at all with Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I just like it because it's some it's some shenanigans. I'm all about that. Let's just like just just, don't just upset the apple car. Kick it to bits and set it on fire. (laughs) Then eat all the apples and sell whatever you don't eat. Woo! If you ain't first, you're last. I I think that this is just giving a, a, an amazing insight, and sh- and people are really actually seeing all of these like commitments to free speech and everything else are just gar. Don't believe a word of this. Everybody's garbage. All these people that claim that they care about free speech and private business, it's all garbage. They none of these people mean it. I still think it's funny that Elon that he he. Uh, let me get this guy's name right. Kane, it's Prince. Alawalid bin Talal al Saud is his name. That actually does sound correct. Alawalid bin Talal al Saud. It's a lot of L's. He was saying that the offer wasn't enough, and Musk goes, Yeah, so tell us what you think about, you know, journalistic free speech. How much of Twitter does the kingdom own, directly and indirectly? What are your views on free speech? Yeah, you can't. 
criticize Saudi government because they'll kill you. You can't. They'll, so they don't really have like a big commitment to free speech over there. They're not known for the free speech or he came. So apparently Twitter has adopted a duration, a limited duration shared holders rights plan. This is what's coming in right now. Poison pill consumed. Zero Hedge reports this. Twitter adopts limited duration shareholder rights plan. So I don't have any other details but that. Kane, you actually were making a good point on break. Yeah, that's called like a poison pill, I think is how the media has been describing Mm -hmm. that, which limits the ability of shareholders, in this case, Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. um, to buy up more Twitter shares and and, uh, in the open market. But I think it's a multi-tiered sort of uh, rejection that I'm seeing here. With when you when you see Vanguard last night, uh, the news talking about Vanguard upping their shareholding to now ten point what is it ten point four ten point two ten point two. So that obviously that that's one level, and then the next level is the SEC and the DOJ getting involved. So that also, by the way, causes a little uncertainty. Mm-hmm in the market when as it relates to those who own shares in Twitter. So you're you're seeing sort of uh, also the the employees mm-hmm. going out on Twitter and being up against this as well. So it looks like somebody in the CEO's position they're going to have to implement um you know like this poison pill situation which we're now seeing is happening. So that's another yeah, level. That's the shareholder rights plan. So that Twitter would have to activate the shareholder rights plan which they have to, to prevent any kind of uh, hostile takeover. And it's a very, from what I understand, and this is coming from Yahoo, let me pull this up here. It is a very expensive, complicated thing, right? Oh, I imagine it would be. So they said that the, and this is according to this report that Yahoo, uh, Musk hired Stanley Morgan Stanley as an advisor in his bid. And... So now the question is, okay, so they, it looks like they're activating this, the limited duration rights plan. And it, that apparently is going to, shareholders would be granted the ability to purchase additional shares at a discount from what I'm, from what I'm understanding from this report. And that would dilute Musk's percentage of ownership, his interest. So, it's all coming out. These people are, they're shook. This is the institutionalized left. They're shook. They're so shook over this. Gosh, I just want to, you know what I want to do? I just want to pop popcorn and I want to um, get some Italian ice and put some rum in it. And I want to laugh and mock all of these people that are freaking out over free speech. Yeah, there's another possibility that could happen. Like Musk could come back with if they reject his mm-hmm. offer he could actually raise his offer um would that could, would he, he be allowed to his, with this plan well he could take his bid directly to the shareholders from what i understand and yeah because it shouldn't called, be the board making this decision yeah it's called a tender offer is what i'm reading and he could buy shares from other shareholders who agree with what uh his overall goal is so that's also and that may be what his plan be that he's not you know articulating this could be what that is. I really like the plan B. Yeah. I'm liking it. I would imagine he has a C and D too. He's smart dude. Oh my gosh. This is exposing so much. 
It really is. I mean, I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am because uh, it's exposing quite a lot. We're going to continue to follow this. If I get more information on it, I will, uh, I'll let you know. But I'm, I'm really, I think it's, you know, you, you have an African-American man who's poised to take over the largest, uh, one of the largest digital platforms. And you have all these like white progressives that are trying to stop him. Crazy. Crazy. All right. So we keep moving on. Uh, a few other things to get to. I want to talk about this Russian flagship. This is, you okay, so do you remember the little island in the Black Sea? It's part of Ukraine. And apparently there was a warship that came over and they told the warship to go blank yourself. And there was all this, this radio conversation that had been released about this. So the it's, it's a Russian, it's their Navy flagship. And it's the warship Moskova. Okay, and it was hit by Ukrainian missile. And it exploded and rolled over and dumped, dumped 510 Russian crew members into the sea. Apparently there's hundreds of deaths that have taken place. Does Putin know? Is he getting another facial? He's st- I can't tell. He and Madonna look the same anymore. They're both like... There's, we're getting to Jocelyn Wildenstein level here, man. Right. Russia's Black Sea flagship. It has been so badly damaged and it it may have sunk can we get some i don't know eyes on this did it sink may have sunk the moskova soviet era slava class guided missile cruiser was struck by two neptune cruise missiles it was launched uh, off the coast of odessa okay i actually let me look this up before i continue does ukraine have a navy does Ukraine have a need? Because I don't think they do. Do they? They really don't. They have like a few couple thousand people, but they really don't. They have some ships, but they really don't have anything. From what I'm looking at. They're not really a big... They had... Uh, the only reputable ship, apparently, that they have was after... Uh, there was after like one dust-up... And they were able to get, I can't even say the name of the ship, uh, which that's it. And then they scuttled it, apparently. Here's a thing from the war zone. It said uh, the Ukrainian Navy's flagship was scuttled. So they kind of have a Navy, but sort not really. Anyway, the country that kind of sort of has a Navy took out the flagship of Russia's Navy. That was apparently the same warship that demanded the surrender of the 13 Ukrainian troops. And I read that those weren't Ukrainian troops, that they were just 13 National Guardsmen there in Ukraine. And it was on Snake Island in the early days of this co- of the war. And they said, Russian warship, go blank yourself. Well, apparently a missile took this thing out. See, what did I tell you? Poorly trained, poorly equipped. They are just feeding people into this machine. That's all they're doing in Russia. Holy cow. All that remember all the manly ads that they were coming out with? We're Russian military. We don't care about pronoun. Well, you apparently don't care about fighting either. Or keeping your equipment in running shape. <laughs> this is like the worst bungle ever. It's I think you can mock it. I think it's, is it too soon? No, it's never too soon to mock commies. Better dead than red. I have that shirt. I'm going to be wearing it. So, uh, 
I could sit. Here, I don't. Do you want to know all about all the weapon systems? It has a bunch of stuff that's at the bottom of the Black Sea now. Does it matter? I think it's funny what Russia put out as the reason. Oh they my out, gosh! Yes, thank you for keeping me on track. Yeah, they put out two different reasons. I'm already wanting to make fun. Yeah, they had two different reasons. They were trying to uh, say that. Uh, yeah, first it was stormy seas. There was yeah, there was a storm, like hurricane level winds. Right, that sank the ship. Yeah, no, that's and then not... it was an explosion of ammunition on on the on the ship. Which that never was made sense blind. either. I hadn't heard that one, but I heard that, oh, it was the crazy storm and everyone's like, seems to be just like drizzle. That's about it. Just a light drizzle. This is just bad for them, anyway. What gets me I, I really enjoyed this piece that I that I was reading over the Washington Post. The piece is titled the piece is titled, Russia believed the West was weak and decadent, so it invaded. It saw itself as the global forefront of the culture war. They're looking, I see, I don't believe this. I think that that's what they're trying to portray themselves as. They're trying to say that they are the leading resistance to the cancel culture and the gay parades and all of this stuff. That's what they're actually trying to position themselves as. And there are, actually, and there are some people who are dumb enough to believe that. See, that's all they want to do. They just want to fight against woke. And then also put us all in gulags and make us all communists. But, you know, secondary to the woke. <laughs> no, they're commies. They they will hide behind whatever reason. No, it's not because it's Marx. It's because it's uh, the woke. We don't like that. No, they, they want to enslave all of you. Not going to lie. That's what they want to do. They don't give a rat's backside about cancel culture or anything else i mean they do for them but they also love themselves some marxism they're commies always have been always will be so that's not really uh not anything that it's just not something that I, I don't know. I just, I think that's a weak excuse. It's a weak justification. And so this story, let me pull this up. Got a couple of other things here. I also saw this. This is over the Atlantic. This is a very interesting piece. I read, I read this earlier. This was my first piece I read this morning. It was called Liberation Without Victory. And they had two Atlantic writers, Ian Applebaum and Jeffrey Goldberg, that went over to interview uh, Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky. And I thought this was interesting. They said Kiev is halfway normal, burnt out Russian, not halfway normal now. Burnt out Russian tanks have been removed from the roads leading into the city. Traffic lights work, subways run, oranges are available for purchase. They said there was a cheerful orchestra performing for returning refugees on the main rail earlier this week. They said that the normality is deceiving. The Russians botched their opening campaign, but they continued to bombard the capital and they're now gathering in the east for a renewed attack. When they went to go meet Zelensky, they it was interesting. They said it was it was late in the evening. They went to his compound. The surrounding streets were barricaded and emptied. The building itself almost entirely blacked out. Soldiers with flashlights led us through a maze of sandbag corridors to a harshly lit windowless room adorned only with Ukrainian flags. And they said he was, you know, he just came out. There's no pomp and circumstance. He gave his weapons list of what they need. They're able to actually really hold this back. Now, I was looking at these two stories. Russia thought the West, the, the, West, the West was weak. And they also thought that not only was the West weak, but they also felt that 
you know, Ukraine was going to be weak as well. And they didn't understand, I think, how they were engaging in this fight. This, it's a really, the two pieces are a really interesting look. If Ukraine is properly outfitted with munitions, then this is something that, I mean, they could do, they could handle this by themselves. The Russians, they may have a million people, but they're so poorly trained. Their equipment is so, they have not invested in the right things. It's like when you're building out your skill tree, if you're playing, you know, like a video game and you're building out your skill tree for your guy, you don't build your skill tree right, your character's not going to play correctly. Only some of you are going to get this analogy. Russia didn't even bother with their skill tree. We got a lot more to get into. Uh, And I also want to touch on, we're watching all of this tech stuff because there's been some big moves that have been made over the past 24 hours. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're on Twitter or not. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect what news you read, how you consume things, and it's going to establish a precedent from here on out. We got border issues and a bunch of stuff on the way that you don't want to miss. The end of 2021 saw inflation rise by almost 7% in just one month. And that means in 30 days, your dollar became 93 cents. This year, the stock market has been dangerously volatile. Gold provides a hedge against inflation, which is why you should trust legacy precious metals for investing in gold and silver. Inflation isn't slowing down. It's escalating. Trust legacy precious metals to give you unbiased counsel based on your personal situation. It's time to be proactive and take steps to protect yourself. Legacy precious metals will advise you on all of your options, whether that's rolling your existing retirement account into a gold IRA or whether that's holding physical metals directly in your home. Speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. The number is 866-580-2088 or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Protect your family's wealth with Legacy Precious Metals. Call 866-580-2088 or visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. I mean, let's just like throw it back to when was this? This is Onyx, but when did this come out? This had to be late 90s. No, it was not late 90s. Dude, I remember sitting in my junior high class when this came out. I straight up legit, someone had a CD and they put it in their giant Sony CD player. Look at this, it's Onyx. I remember. I totally remember that. Sitting in, it was my algebra class. Mr. Cook was the teacher. He comes in, and we were listening to that. He was also that was also my advisory period, uh, and yeah, I swear it was like it was early '90s. Okay, yeah, it says '93 when this album. Was, yeah, early '90s. There you go. '93, but the that that whole track had such a great sound. It did. I can't say the name of the album though. But uh, in 98, the album was selected as one of the Source's 100 Best Albums Ever. Oh, yeah, I believe it. It was great. It was really well produced. It sounded fantastic. It just it had a great sound. Really well done. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. By the way, so we're not only going to talk about music. I started, Elden, I started Elden Ring last night. It's official. I spent like 40 minutes more of my life than I ever wanted to to do just get my character shaped up. That was annoying. But the gameplay is phenomenal, and there is no wokery at all. And they didn't even ask me what my pronouns were, so I didn't even have an opportunity to insult the programming. There was just no, none like that given. Quick note, we, uh, the Talkers Magazine, they do their Heavy 100 every year, and we are number six out of everybody, beating the pants off of everybody. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for all of that. I'm grateful for the support of everybody who fellowships with us, 
every weekday afternoon. We're number one midday. A big thanks to Kane and Steve for make, for being all with us and making this possible. We didn't inherit our audience. We're not backed by cable news. We don't have a giant PR team. It's just good radio and you, and that's what it takes. Second hour on the way. As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. We have to talk about Peter Ducey for one second. Sure. Okay. Okay. Is he a stupid son of a bitch? Or does he play a stupid son of a bitch on TV? Okay. Or are you just a bad um, broadcaster and this is like well, a question? Um, he works for a network. Okay. That um, provides people with questions that nothing personal to any individual, including Peter Ducey, but might make anyone sound like a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Boy, yay, that's so great. Mm. That's just a dumb question. That's not even entertaining radio. Or that's a po- somebody's podcast. All these people who are like, I, I got recording qu- equipment. I can do a podcast for your uh, tens of listeners. Great job. Great job, dude. I don't she's even, uh, I don't, heading to MSNBC, too, so there it is. Yeah, well... Is she is she just going to be a contributor? They straight up given her her own show. That's a good question. Not that I don't think that she isn't capable of it. I just think that she's too stern. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Peter, and it's not if you watch how she handles questions, even questions from friendlies, it's a little weird, right? Maybe it's just the pressure of being the White House spokesperson, but it's just a little odd. Welcome back to the show, second hour of the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you. So glad to be with you this Friday here this uh, as we go into Easter weekend. And we've been watching uh, all of this latest development with the, the tech war. And whether or not Elon Musk is going to get to buy Twitter, it basically it's about free speech. It's I, I so I'm working on a piece and I was going to I was going to actually publish it yesterday and send it out to you last night but I thought uh, I feel like there's I'm missing an aspect of this. I didn't feel like the topic was entirely um I didn't feel as though the t- the topic was entire I, there's there's more I wanted to add. Now with these developments I'm adding this too because it's about free speech in the public square when the public square is privately administered and owned. And so as we were telling you just last hour, there was news that came out that Twitter, it looked like Twitter was adopting what they were calling this poison pill, this um, 
uh, uh, this this kind of um, a way to 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 limit, uh, I guess, his hostile takeover, if you wanted to say that, because you also have the SEC DOJ now investigation. So uh, the Hill's now reporting it. So it's legit. Twitter adopted this poison pill today. So it's going to prevent the acquisition by Musk after he put in that offer for $43 billion, which I think is very incredibly genu- generous. I, so here's, I have two things here. My two questions are this. How, I know Peter Schiff and some others have been saying that he's not able, he can't actually buy Twitter, he can't buy all of Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Which I just think that just $43 billion is just incredible overvaluation. But then secondly, how is this even a discussion? The allowing of, of shareholders to have, a, to have a determination on this and act as though only the board can make these determinations. Am I wrong in thinking this? I mean, Kane, you and I were talking about this. Why is this a big question as to whether or not shareholders can even weigh in on this? It's wild to me. I don't know that they can't weigh in. I know that there is, you know, there's obviously room for any shareholder of any company to express whatever their feelings are about the company. Yeah, but to have a decision about, you know, whether or not they want to have make they want to have money made on them because isn't this just way I mean, this just seems a boon for Twitter to accept the deal. It seems that it's it yeah, doesn't seem financially responsible. It would be in the best it. interest of the shareholders for them to do it, but like I said yesterday, there's no way they're going to give up control uh, on on you know their content moderation, quote unquote. It's not going to happen. I don't see how this. I don't see how this poison. I don't see how the poison pill move is going to be viewed in any kind of good way by shareholders. The, what they want to do is they 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 want to try to make it to where Musk's interest can be diluted, and they have their it's their shareholders' rights plan. So Twitter had has a press release out. They said, quote, the rights plan will reduce the likelihood that any entity person like Elon Musk or group gains control of Twitter through open market accumulation without paying all shareholders an appropriate control premium or without providing the board sufficient time to make informed judgments and take actions that are in the best interest of shareholders. The plan lasts for one year. Uh, a spokesperson for Twitter said the company will not be commenting further. This is to stop Musk's hostile takeover. And I, they said that the board has their back against the wall. And this is Dan Ives, who's at uh, Wedbush Securities. He said that the board has their back against the wall and Musk and shareholders will likely challenge the merits of the poison pill in the courts. They believe that Musk and his team expected this poker move. That's going to be a sign of weakness and not strength. And because Musk said that this was his best and final offer. He said that he had a plan B that he was not going to share publicly. I don't know what that plan B is. I don't know what you think, you know? Well, I think it could be him going directly to other shareholders. Like, so what this poison pill does is prevent... Uh, anyone from acquiring more than 15% right. of Twitter's shares in the open market. But I think through a tender offer, Elon can go directly to shareholders and ask them if they want to sell their shares. So that wouldn't be necessarily an open market situation. Um, I don't know all the details and how that would play out, but 
this could be part of what he's calling his plan B. Part of what he's calling his plan B. That's just wild that they're this terrified of this. Now that plan, and of course capping that uh, at 15%, that expires April of next year. But it's kind of a, I I know it's a common move that people can do to fend off a hostile takeover. But I, I'm just trying to, I get that, that's one way, but I would imagine that there's others. This is just, it, it's just unbelievable to see this kind of reaction. If this had been Jeff Bezos, they would have been all for it. Oh, yeah. They would have been all for it. They would have celebrated. They would, oh, yeah, because see, that's when the left loves. If they think that what you believe jives with their beliefs, then they love it. Warren Buffett says that, that Musk is winning. Warren Buffett. Who's going to benefit greatly, by the way. He, he benefits greatly by not having Keystone XL or any really any other oil pipelines because he owns a lot of the rail. He says that uh, ultimately this is, this is uh, that Musk is winning, that he's outplaying. Is, is essentially what he's saying, that Musk could, is gonna, could outplay them. I think he could. I think he definitely could, too. Um, I think there's a number of moves that Twitter has made over the years. I don't think that they have... The, the brightest of eyes where it concerns um, how to how to go forward. And I don't think that they're I, I just to me, I just don't think that they're going to be I, I forget who was advising them. I was reading about that. Who was it? I can't it was some asset, some big, you know, I can't remember who was advising them, but it was them. And I thought there was somebody else that I came that came on too. but whoo, crazy. There's a piece over uh, this was that where is this at? I think this is. Some leftist economics publication. We can't let billionaires control communications platforms. Say people who have no objection at all whatsoever to Ted Turner. Ted Turner was the first Jeff Bezos. You had Ted Turner. Ted Turner started CNN. CNN exists because he created it out of the ether. And then you have Jeff Bezos and so many other people. I mean, this is so dumb. Time Magazine's owned by a billionaire. The Atlantic's owned by a billionaire. For crying out loud. Twitter employees have been complaining. They say they're so stressed. They're they're working together to help get each other through the week. I don't even know what that means. It's just so dumb. Stop. But yeah, Buffett says, yeah, he's winning. It looks like uh just crazy. So they had, let me bring this up. They had some of so uh Piper Sandler, some these are what's Wall Street analysts. And this is from, I hate Bloomberg, but this is from Bloomberg. They had some Wall Street analysts saying that, uh, quote, we're in uncharted territory with this situation. A counter offer is unlikely. The price seems unreasonable or the price seems reasonable. Uh, Vital Knowledge said that it seems hard to imagine that Twitter's board would accept a $54, you know, dollar 20 cent share uh, bid given the stock was less than was at $70 less than a year ago uh, because a lot of Musk's capital is tied up in Tesla and SpaceX. He could partner with other people. Uh, CFRA said downgrades Twitter to hold from buy. The offer price should be viewed as enticing. It would be difficult to reject. And they said that Musk could walk away rather than raise his offer. That's going to drive shares down lower. So, I mean, so far, every single analyst, from what I'm reading, they're like, yeah, this is actually, I mean, it's not, it's a good offer. They're all saying it's a good offer. So then if Twitter rejects it, couldn't they face litigation from their shareholders who could make the claim that they're not acting in their fiduciary interest, their best interest, by rejecting that offer? Yeah, I'm not 
I, I, that sounds like that would make sense, but how does the SEC and DOJ investigation Jeez. hinder that? Yeah, exactly. You know and that's I mean? going to be, that was my next step. How does that? So the SEC, very coincidentally, this is all, I think this is the biggest story in the country because there's so many angles wrapped up. Now, keep in mind, SEC and DOJ, all of these, you know, little government entities. I always, I put all of these entities now in the same basket as I did, as I did, uh, FBI and FISA. Remember the FISA people? All of these damn government entities, the same people who were there in 2016 when all these shenanigans were going on, when you had Democrats working, literally, literally colluding with Kremlin to undermine a free and fair election and abuse these government entities. All of these people suddenly, very conveniently, they're all they're all getting involved in this. They're all getting involved. They're SEC is suing. DOJ is investigating. This is all time to stop him from uh, trying to take over Twitter. The institutionalized left is shook. They're freaking out and they're trying to figure out how they can stop it. We're going to keep an eye on this. I have border stuff to get into as well, because guess what? So one of the towns where that was having the buses come and pick up people who were crossing illegally into the country and sending them to D.C., so apparently someone told the buses to not go there anymore. Huh. I know. And not send people, not go there and pick up. I know. We're going to talk about that coming up. You don't want to miss. We've got a lot of stuff to hit. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Okay, so um, Democratic senators that are running for re-election. This is actually kind of funny. Julio Rosas first brought this story. So Maggie Hassan is a Democrat in New Hampshire, and she recently toured two sectors along the U.S.-Mexico border. And she talked with Border Patrol, and she went from not being in support of this to, no, maybe we need a border Well, And I'm going to post a... Phys- uh, she posted a video calling for more, quote, physical infrastructure. She voted against this, but, you know, it's very interesting how her district has turned. Hmm. More proof that Jen Psaki is likely leaving the White House very soon. Uh, well, we played that video for you. We can't play it again because she was asked about how do you go in and like take more questions about that? I mean, she at first she started with being real cagey about her answer when she was because they called Peter Ducey ace SOB, the guy who was asking a question did. And then um, decided that she was going to just jump in the mud, too. See, to me, that signals she's leaving sooner rather than later, later, I think. Uh, Let's see. Also, rents in New York City have hit another high. There's absolutely no sign of stopping. The average rent price on new leases signed in March, $3,644. 23% increase from just one year earlier and $14 up from February. Wow. I don't want to live anywhere that badly. That's crazy. Uh, F, let's see. Overdose deaths soared in 2020, particularly in teenagers. It's being called the deadliest year in the U.S. on record. Another surge in drug overdose deaths being the biggest contributing factor. Provisional data from the National Center for Health Statistics estimates that at least 105,000 Americans died of drug overdoses in 2021, an increase from 93,000 in 2020. The fastest rate of increase occurred in adolescents, among whom overdoses more than doubled between 2019 and 2021. A lot of it pandemic depression driven as well. 
The LA City Council has thrown their support behind reparations for black Americans. They are all in. The Los Angeles City Council voted unanimously just uh, two days ago to support Assembly Bill 3121, California state legislation that created a task force to not just study, but also develop and establish reparation protocols for black Americans. And so it was passed in 2020. They wanted to, quote, identify, compile, and synthesize the relevant corpus of evidentiary documentation of the institution of slavery, blah, blah, blah. So the task force voted to support it, and now they are all in. It's going to be part of a two-part thing. They're going to look at racism in banking, discriminations in technology. I don't even know how that works. Are you, are you talking about all-white Twitter? I don't know. I'm just curious. So that's, yeah. Ooh, and uh, Black Lives Matter in a lot of... They're in a lot more. They got a lot of, a lot of issues with which to deal, uh, because that one six million dollar mansion. First off, they said it was triggering the way that it had to be disclosed. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and uh, they said that it was uh, oh that you know it. She said that BLM was insolvent before the buy. The founder. No, I don't believe it. Stay with us. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. States of America, one of the busiest airports in the world, fixed in two weeks. And I got in trouble because said if I took you into O'Hare Airport blindfold in the middle of the night and took you into one of China's airports blindfold in the middle of the night and said, where are you, China or the United States? You'd probably think the Chinese airport was ours. This before or after he tried to shake hands with air. Who's a ghost? <laughs> Welcome. I saw a ghost. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. <laughs> that was um, Joe Biden. So wait a minute. Let me just try to understand this. Let's stop everybody. Let's just let's be nice. <laughs> so he's saying that if you're blindfolded and you're taken through an in the airport middle of the night. In, in the middle, middle of the night, middle of the night. So you doubly can't see. Because you're blindfolded, not that you would need to see anyway, but just in case you tried, it's in the middle of the night and there's no electricity apparently in the night. So you're blindfolded and you're taken in the middle of the night to an airport and if, and if you can, and you can't tell if it's our airport or China's airport because you're blindfolded and it's in the middle of the night. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You can hear it again if it helps with can the it, Yeah, let's though. just let's right, do it one right. more time. Sorry, just one of the busiest airports in the world. Okay. Fixed in two weeks. Okay. And I got in trouble because said if I took you into O'Hare Airport mm-hmm. blindfold in the middle of the night and took you into one of China's airports blindfold in the middle of the night and said, where are you? China or the United States? You'd probably think the Chinese airport was ours. What the hell? So he didn't mention taking off the blindfold. So I think you're only going by smells and sounds at that point. What, wouldn't you not know where you were unless you were at? Well, I could tell if I was in New York because can I wait a minute? Can I? Can I, can I say no? <laughs> because it smells like pretzels there. That's what it smells like in New York. So I would know. I would know if I was there. Um, if I 
smelled manure and I heard cows, I'd assume farm. Right. But if you were blindfolded in the middle of the night and you were taken to a farm in here, you wouldn't know if you're China or here. <laughs> what is this point? What is this point? And then um, here's another story how he would go to school, audio somebody too, with an oil slick on his car. Right on the Pennsylvania border. It was a steel town. Yeah. More oil refineries in Marcus Oak, Pennsylvania, the Bend of the Delaware River, than anywhere, including Houston. Guess what? When it got to be fall, I was in fourth grade, and it got a little frost. My mom would get in the car to drive me to school, which was only three quarters of a mile away, but it was on the highway. Turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick on the window. That wouldn't have happened where I live now, in a nice neighborhood. Never happened. What? So in poor neighborhoods, there's oil on the windows? What? I don't, um, well, he's had a rough week. He got pooped on by a bird, and then he tried to shake hands with a ghost yesterday. Or the air. I don't know. I don't know what's what's happening. Neither does he, but I have a better idea. Ooh. So that was our president yesterday. He's just MIA. On every other issue. Oh, yeah. Then there was this. Hold it. This is... We cut all our trees down. I don't know if you guys knew. We did? We did. We cut down all our forests. We're doing fine. Guess what? We're part of the reason for the global warming. When did we cut down all our forests? I don't remember that happening. I don't... I, I don't either. Did we... Did that happen? Wow. No. What is up with these stories? He just... I would say that this is elder abuse, but I sound sympathetic. I'm not. Because I feel like he deserves it. He was a mean senator. He was a mean man when he was younger. And I just don't feel like he's acknowledged it properly. So I just, you know, I'm not over it. He was a really mean, hateful dude. So now he's... I don't know. This is just... It's getting worse. So he was blindfolded in airports. What the hell kind of upbringing did he have? Good grief. Explains why Hunter's so messed up. Mm, I got So, uh, this I was going to bring up because, you know, it's Easter weekend. I have two stories here, including one that's weird. Jill Biden is bringing Disney to the White House for her Easter egg roll. She's going to host Miguel from Coco while Republicans are saying, why are you having the, the woke thing? Jimmy Fallon's going to be there and Cookie Monster. Wait a minute. Did they? I mean, like, that's her. Uh, didn't didn't they make it to where Cookie Monster doesn't do cookies anymore? Or am I? Oh, isn't I that something that was changed? What's he into now? I can't look at Google because they suck. So I have to go to like Bing or DuckDuckGo. No, I thought there was like at one point where they were making it to where. They were bringing awareness to diabetes? Yeah, I don't know. Cookies are awesome. Eat a lot of them. So anyway, she's uh, going to have... Are they going <laughs> to... Oh, man. I hope they have a conversation about privates before they let everybody near all the Disney characters. <laughs> I just... It reminds me of this old fake commercial uh, called Get Out Your Checkbook. Remember that? We cannot play a single bit of this. But 
it was this guy selling used cars. It was this comedian, and it's completely not safe for work. And it's old. It's like 10 years, over 10 years old. And uh, I can't say, I can't hardly quote a single bit of it, except they said, hey, come on down and, you know, bring your kids. You can pick a Booker Prize from, and you, like, basically the kids stick up, stick their hands in the nostril of this furry creature, and they can pull out a prize. And then the guy, the, the furry monster goes, I'm going to touch your prize. I just can't even, I can't, but it reminds me of that. I hope it's not like that. I mean, but it is Disney. Biden invited Dis- the Disney characters at a time when uh, they're fighting to make sure that strangers can talk to your children about graphic sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. Like kindergartners. So uh, it's a, I don't know, it's a grooming party. I don't know how else to describe it. And why do that to Coco? That was a good movie. Why do that? So the Easter egg roll, I can't even believe they're still doing it. I'm just, I'm surprised it hasn't been woked right off the calendar. But she said, uh, she said the event's going to have an education theme. Or, Kane, education. <laughs> she totally did. I swear to you. <laughs> Say your joke. Say it. What? Say it. What do you put I just, I just heard that Biden's literally the only guy that can hide his own Easter eggs. <laughs> Where'd I put it? It's a ghost. <laughs> All right, I got to share with you the dumbest, craziest story. We're looking this up. We're looking this up on Twitter. So apparently, it's from the Arizona Independent News Network. I haven't seen this reported elsewhere, probably because no one wants to report on it. So there was an ASU instructor and a librarian, according to this news entity. They are part of the diversity equity and inclusion gurus they're all about dei and they are on the lookout for anything that isn't woke so there was an event for the scottsdale unified school district a charity event and it was their hopi elementary pta they hired coco kim hunter to host their charity auction goes the reports and Stuart Roden and is the, let's see, they, they're DEI gurus. Stuart Roden and Jill Lassen were aghast when they saw pictures of Coco Kim Hunter. Roden is the instructor at ASU's University College. He teaches on entry-level college or, I don't know, some stupid class. And is a member of their DEI and their HR, and they want to promote all dimensions of diversity. Blah, 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 blah. Lassen is a super rich Karen, and she's co chair of Scottsdale Parent Council. So, what ended up happening is there were the PTA posted pictures of a disco themed charity auction. And in one of the pictures, the DJ, Coco Kim Hunter, is pictured, you know, wearing. A shiny shirt and an afro and, you know, all of this. And, oh, my gosh. The the, wait a second. Yeah, 70s. I am personally fronted by the bell bottoms, but whatever. The Rhodes and Lassen, they could not deal. They said that immediately uh, the Karens went at it, including an Amanda Ray who had... Uh, Tweet it out, and it's still up. God bless America. I'm going to have so much fun with this. 
Kim Coco Hunter was hired to DJ the PTA disco night. And uh, no, she was the one who called them out. I correct myself. Uh, and she has the screenshots. So Amanda Ray posted a screenshot of Stuart Roden's thing saying that uh, this is this guy's in blackface and it's horrible. And this other lady, what's her name? Jill, the, the Lassen lady. They accused him of racism and all this stuff. Here's the thing, though. He's black. The Karens accused a black dude of being in blackface. Because Kane, Karens don't believe that black people... Well, you know why? Because 70s fashion was so heinous. They probably think it was punished. They probably think it's like, you know, I don't know. They, they are accusing him of being in blackface. Oh, my gosh. And then the way that they tried to defend themselves. So the Stuart Roden took to his Instagram and was saying that he's not going to offer any apology. And he said that he is in, he looks like he's in darker makeup. And he goes, if I'm not completely mistaken, maybe it is the lighting of the patio. And then they were upset because the guy wore an Afro wig. He's black. They accused a black man of a DEI dorks. Of, they accuse a black man of being a blackface. You cannot make this up. I So Amanda Ray, I'm going to retweet her. This is one of the craziest things I have ever seen. So there you have it. Oh my gosh. You can't even be your own skin color anymore. No. Wow. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Okay, I got it. <laughs> we all know how drawbridges work, right? Yep, pretty much. It's pretty easy, right? So, Florida has an issue with drawbridges. There was a, the headline was, watch another Florida motorist nearly fall off a drawbridge. Florida drivers and drawbridges have some issues. Uh, this one guy fell off a draw, drawbridge in his bike. It was during Daytona Bike Week. He was trying to, he was on the Main Street Bridge. So they've had that problem. They've had uh, another driver who almost dropped, fell into, who almost fell into the river with a draw. I just, I don't understand how this, I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand why these people have these problems. It's a drawbridge. If you see it opening, don't go towards it. Now there's another video showing a boat full of partiers passing under a drawbridge, specifically the Cato Bridge in Tecesta, Florida. It features a movable section in the middle and a long section of roadway to, to one side. And according to uh, police and local press, the boat was sheltering under the section of the roadway to get out of the rain. It looks like, though, it has a cover on it, so I don't know why. And this was an area literally of the bridge that had signs all over including right next to the boat in the video saying unauthorized personnel prohibited danger moving machinery no trespassing violators will be prosecuted so while the boat was 
finding shelter from the storm, according to Jalopnik. The vessel got caught up in the machinery of the bridge, which began crushing the roof of the boat and forced one side of it out of the water. It was a pontoon boat in Jupiter, Florida. The boaters had to make an exit as this happened. And as it rose, they were jumping off the boat because it was getting crushed by the bridge. And then someone's like, where's the dog? Where's the dog? Where is the dog? That's all I care about is the dog. So the, I don't know. I don't know where the dog is, but they had a dog on the pontoon boat. And this poor dog probably got, I hope it didn't get killed by these morons. Why would you, Kane? The dog didn't deserve it. The dog did not deserve it. Uh, okay, so we got another uh, story from the villages. The villages? The villages. I love how they call them villagers because that's like so Minecraft. So a 71, meh, 71-year-old <laughs> villager <laughs> was jailed without bond because... She was already on probation from a previous golf cart drunk driving case. Janice Krampa, Krampka, she got, she's in the village of Glenbrook. She got busted again. She lost her driver's license for a month. She had to perform 50 hours of community service. And, and she uh, got in trouble because somebody snitched on her. They said, they called police, said suspicious person. She was slow and lethargic. It appeared she had been drinking. She couldn't even stand on her feet and almost fell. Her blood alcohol content was 0.153. Yeah. She had an open container. She got in trouble in January last year because she had some uh, wine in her lap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You can't do that. At least she didn't get caught up in a bridge with a dog. There's that. Uh, We have more to come. You don't want to miss third hour of the program on the way. Stick with us. More than any show. Their complete lockdown, which was their approach, a strictest lockdown that you'd never be able to implement in the United States. Although that prevents the spread of infection. And remember, early on. Doesn't. They were saying, and I think accurately, that they were doing better than almost anybody else. But lockdown has its consequences. You use lockdowns to get people vaccinated so that when you open up, up. you won't have a surge of infections because you're dealing with an immunologically naive population to the virus because they've not really been exposed because of the lockdown. So, you know, uh, what is the quickest way to get your ass kicked? Dr. Fauci, I'm just curious. Well, you know, we need to have more of the lockdowns. That's the quickest way to do it. You lock things down and that is a guarantee to get you beaten in a parking lot somewhere. Welcome back to the show. Happy Friday. You know, yeah, like what they're doing in Shanghai. I can't, there's a reason why I haven't gone into depth with i've given you i'm like yeah it's bad they got drones out and they're beating people's pets to death i have not been able to watch a single video and apparently it they if if people are at like when they take you in if you because they forcibly test people and if you test positive even if you're asymptomatic they take you and they kill your pet oh you didn't know that yeah and not only do they kill your pet they drag they bag it up and then beat it to death with, with like a spat or something they kill it 
they kill your do- they kill your pet. There are so many pictures of dogs being beaten to death by these communist thugs. I would oh man, I can't even actually I can tell you what I would do. Uh in Call of Duty Cold War, there's a beautiful scene where you have to infiltrate the Kremlin and as you leave at one point it is act- it's a cinematic masterpiece. You're sliding in you're in a vehicle and you're taken out commies and it's all slow-mo it's very cinematic uh that's exactly what would happen if you tried that exactly what would happen and they you're you and it doesn't work notice how he's like you know the lockdowns they they don't do anything you fart they don't do anything they've studied this this is dumb and just because you can't doesn't mean you should no (sighs) telling you what (sighs) oh So I am, I, I, I don't think we'll see anything like that here again in the United States. It was so damaging to not just the economy, but to Democrats. There's no way, no way that they would actually do this. There's no, there's no way they would, they would try to do it here again in the United States. I just don't see it. Uh, maybe in different locations. I think what some cities, they reinstituted the mask mandate. I would make you take me to jail. You say, you think they're going to wait till December of this year, but they're not going to. They're not. There's no way. Yeah, I know. We've said that before in a lot of these Democrat policies. There's no way they would. Yeah, do but this. we're going to have a Republican majority. He's going to be a lame duck. Yeah, I agree with that. But what if that doesn't happen for whatever reason? I if mean, it doesn't, I fear for December. Then I fear for the United States in December. I'll go to jail before I get locked down again. I don't say. I'm not even joking in the slightest. You will literally have to drag me off to jail. You'll have a war on your hands. Done. Done. <sighs> a few things here, because we're, we're watching this, because the, the, uh, there's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even want to, I think it's the biggest, tr- I think it's the biggest, cruelest prank that's been played on the United States. And the prank is the, the mitigation effort. The way that the, all the promises they made that, oh, if you do this, it'll stop it. Two years to slow the spread. Shut down the economy, arrest you for doing business, put a face panty on your face. Yeah. Put a face panty on, do all this stuff. Uh, everything that they said was a joke and it was, and it, and it hurt more than helped. I got, uh, I, I can't tell you how many e- educators who, people who work in speech classes, speech pathologists around the country, which I didn't realize. I mean, there, there were like seven people who wrote me, uh, and this is when we were talking about all the studies like a, like a month or so ago of uh, the kids who have been delayed in speech development, et cetera. I had, there were seven different educators who uh, worked in speech pathology, et cetera, and they were uh, explaining how difficult their jobs were made and how far behind their kids are now. And some of them, at least two of them, said that at first they, were, they actually supported the lockdowns and they were one of the they were the one of those people that uh would criticize individuals who didn't wear the masks or didn't do all this stuff and then as they lived it and they saw what was happening uh, that experience opened their eyes and you will never be able to convince those people otherwise again one of them started out let me tell you what my lived experience was she didn't want i i wasn't i she 
would prefer I didn't I didn't share her email because she was talking about a lot of very specific things that she was afraid that would very easily identify her because she still worked and she was trying to you know do what she could to remedy this within her workplace but my gosh <sighs> so we've been watching too and I'm just going to give you a quick update apparently everything going on with tech and Elon Musk and so I think it's kind of because the SEC DOJ investigation uh, into Musk was looking at minimizing and trying to undermine his bid for Twitter. And apparently, are they allowing, because it looks like Twitter's just decided to just completely screw over their shareholders. Uh, apparently, the Twitter board is not allowing the shareholders a yes or no vote on the offer. Is what I'm seeing, Kane. So they're look. They're going to use the. They're going to use the executive. The first, their executive is going to use the SEC to investigate Musk. And that's. I don't believe that that's. A, they don't have any genuine intent there at all whatsoever. The, it, they're going to take. They're going to try to do a political hit job on him. So and apparently the the shareholders are not going to get a vote. Is that what you're seeing? Because that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they have to abide by this poison pill that was implemented. Now, it does expire in a year, but they also have, apparently the shareholders and Elon Musk have the um, ability to challenge the merits of this poison pill in court. So I wonder if there will be something like that, and that included in, in uh, Elon Musk's plan B. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I'm, we're just we're just watching all of this and seeing how how this is how this is going to unfold. Pretty unbelievable. They they're so terrified. Here's so here's a question I was wondering, and this was in uh, based on an interview from Esquire, and it was in Young Money. A guy named Jack Rains was asking, okay, so how much is blank you money? Meaning, what is the optimal amount of wealth? <laughs> They had this uh, statistician, Nassim Tlaib. He was asked about this in this interview in Esquire. And essentially, what is blank you money? We always joke and say, oh, J.K. Rowling has blank you money. That's why she can actually speak so much truth on how there are two genders. Elon Musk has blank you money. So what is that amount of optimal wealth? Is the, is the, yeah, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle has, that's a good, from Steve. He's got blinky money. He's got blinky attitude. Yeah, he got blinky attitude too. I love it. So Nassim Tlaib, a statistician, gave this interview and he's, this is what he said. He said, money can't buy happiness, but the absence of money can cause unhappiness. Money buys freedom, intellectual freedom, freedom to choose who you vote for, to choose what you want to do professionally. But having what I call blinky money requires a huge amount of discipline. The minute you go a penny over, then you lose your freedom again. If money is the cause of your worry, then you have to restructure your life, which kind of runs countercultural to what people I think generally accept as blanky money. Because what is the minimum hurdle? Is it like a million, five million, a hundred million, you know, a hundred thousand? I think for some people, they have different answers. I think you have to have a hundred million. Honestly, that's what I think to have blanky money because you want to, you don't want to be destroyed. You, it's a hedge against destruction. That's how I view it. A hedge against destroying your life and rendering you poor and eating cat food in the desert, as Senator Kennedy from Louisiana would say. 
where no one owns you. You don't rely on anyone for anything. No one makes you. No one substantiates you. No one gives you anything. But I don't think it necessarily means that life's problems evaporate when you go past that point. But that's what I think. I think for having, I think it's about, I think true, because you have to consider, I incorporate, and you said that's when the government goes after you via the IRS when you have that kind of money. Yeah. But you have to have that, you have to have enough to withstand it. That's why I don't think 50 million is enough because the government, if they don't like you, and if you, they, you say something they don't like, they'll go after you. They can ruin you with 50. What about 100? You got to have, I think, it, I think it's a minimum of 100 million. I do. Is that too much? Do you think that's too much, Kane? It may be not enough. No, really? You think I'm being too, oh, okay. Honestly, because first of all, how, how did that, how was it acquired? Then the IRS would be wondering. Um, and then they'd, they'd, they'd find some way to come after you via taxes. Uh, then you would be demonized in the media because of it. Mm. Um, and then you'd be fighting these whatever lawsuits the government drew up. Um, so maybe $100 is not enough. Right. I think um, I like what they, what they write here in Young Money. They say, really, the reality of blank you money isn't a singular point to cross, but a range to stay between. A dollar too much and you're back below the threshold. The formula reversed, they write additional wealth comes at the expense of additional freedom. Sure, you might be rich financially, but you don't have blank you money. There are a lot of people that I think are considered rich, but they don't have blank you money. If you have to stay within a range, that's not a free market. I don't see how that's blank you money if you have to worry about staying in a range. Right. Like you shouldn't have to worry about like Musk, if he says, if he does something on a podcast or he says, tweets something and then everybody goes, you know, wild, he's fine. He's got blanky money. It doesn't matter how wild they go. He's got blanky money. He could walk, he could just totally drop this investment and walk away from this deal and bust them. Him. Everyone, notice all these other people minus Jack Dorsey. And the only reason I say that he's, I think, singular in this is because he's the guy who co-founded Twitter. All these other board members are all financial institutions. They're all a bunch of people, and it's an institution with a bunch of other people's money. This is just Musk with his money. Cash. That's blanky money. When you can offer Twitter $43 billion to get bent, that's blanky money. That is it. I think this, I was reading this piece, and I was like, you know... I feel like it does too much math. You know, I don't think you got to do all that much math to figure out what your range is and all this other stuff. Well, you got to park the money somewhere, right? Are you putting it under your mattress? Because unless you're putting it under your mattress, there's capital gains you're going to have to worry about, which is another avenue for the IRS to target. So, yeah, 100 million may not be There's also a cost to it. You can't have both. What does he say? I think when he turned 47 years old, didn't he say he spent the full 24 hours of his birthday working? Yeah. He was scheduled to be at the best man, the best man at the wedding of his brother. Uh, and this is in New York Times. And then he had to fly there directly from the factory, arriving two hours before the ceremony. And right after he had to go right back to work. There is, he said, I thought the worst was over. And I, he's like, but you know, it's, it's a personal sacrifice. People think that, especially when you're self-made, and everybody's self-made. Nobody just gets, nobody just inherits a wad of cash anymore. 
the Waltons maybe I think are the only people that did it. But then they themselves have to deal. You then it becomes a burden because you got to maintain it. And then there's that legacy perception of are you the generation that screwed up your fam? You know, I mean, there's that too. So it requires. I think that's why a lot of people don't want that. That requires a lot. The circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller the more you go. We have more to come. I thought that was a fascinating look. There's a psychological aspect to that that just really interests me. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Yeah, so apparently uh, Twitter added J.P. Morgan with Goldman Sachs to help it defend against Musk's hostile bid. So this is going to be interesting. They hired them to advise that the Musk $54.20 per share offer was too low. But apparently Goldman Sachs, has they had, they had a sell rating with the $30 price target. And JP Morgan, theirs apparently is better than $30. Their rate, oh, this is just wild. This is happening like all now. And it, it's interesting too because... Uh, Musk has has tweeted that the uh, it would be financially reckless for Twitter to not accept this deal. So I'm wondering if litigation, if that is part of the full plan B situation. All right. So a couple of other things to get into this. Uh, let's see. Kristen Cinema wants Title 42 ex- extended and she cites the mask mandate extension, which I think is great. She said that. The Biden administration, they need to delay lifting Title 42. And she made, she asked this question. This is what I wondered a couple weeks ago. How are you going to remove Title 42, but yet you're going to extend the mask mandate based on the same thing? So good on Kristen Cinema. Good on her. And apparently, were there federal agents? It looks like there were in the Capitol crowd on January 6th. We're going to talk about that and more coming up. Stick with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. The Supreme Court is, is poised to pass a bill contradicting the New York City state laws. We have very strict gun laws here, and they would like it to be, apparently somebody has put this on their desk, that New York should be an open carry state and an open carry city with all of the density in this city. They want people running around with guns. People, middle class people will be leaving in droves. I was talking to my friend, Megan Kelly, uh, taping for her show about this earlier. That's Joy Behar that you just heard on the brain trust known as The View. Welcome back to the show. I'm your lovable cynic, Dana Lash. First off, I just think if you're going to bring it up for a topic, you need to be adequately prepped for it. And this is not just a failure of her to know what... I mean, they just show up and bitch. That's all they do. They show up and they just bitch. That's it. There's no critical thinking skills applied to this. This is not how this works. The Supreme Court is not a legislative body. It's not a body that writes law and passes law. That's not what they do. The Supreme Court adjudicates whether or not a law is in keeping with the Constitution. That's what they, that's what they do. They make those determinations. Now, what she's talking about here in terms of, well, somebody put this on their desk. Yes, <laughs> that's called uh, a case. And that case went before all the lower courts before 
winding up at the Supreme Court. And the case in reference is New York Rifle Pistol Association versus Bruin. And so New York Rifle and Pistol Association, and this also, by the way, the other thing she gets wrong, this isn't about open carry. This is a case about concealed carry. This is not a case that is going to determine whether or not New York is going to allow for the open carrying of firearms. This is a case that is going to determine whether or not people can get concealed carry permits and concealed carry. The case, and you can read about it, uh, they have, let me pull this up in my notes. You can have the, uh, you can read about the case uh, over on uh, Cornell. They have their Legal Information Institute. And so the case is asking the Supreme Court to make the determination as to whether or not New York's uh, uh, gun permit law, their discretionary gun permit law, uh, they write, which requires an applicant demonstrate proper cause to carry a weapon for self-defense purposes violates the Second Amendment. That's a direct quote. And the problem with the law and the reason why it's before Supreme Court is you should not have to make the case, you should not have to beg your government for permission to exercise a right that the government is free from infringing because that's why it is affirmed in the Constitution. The Constitution didn't create it, they simply acknowledge what already exists. That's why they are called natural rights versus civil rights. And in New York, it is incredibly difficult to get a permit. Uh, in Manhattan, it's like impossible. You have to be famous or you have to be, you know, somebody better. Is, is, basically, you have to be famous. That's it. And even then, you're not guaranteed. It, in, in some cases, it doesn't matter if you have a restraining order against somebody. So this is a, it's a, it's a, that's her soundbite, her, her explanation here. She didn't even, you, and she lives in New York. How do you live in New York and you not know what this case, how is that possible? And so they're just, you know, going on, well, this is about just open carrying and no, it's not. It's not about that at all. And so the New York Rifle and Pistol Association, they've been litigating it and they contend, according to the doc court documents, that at least one of their members would be eligible for concealed carry permit, but for New York's proper cause requirement they ha- you have to demonstrate that you because you are incredibly limited to just leave your house with a concealed firearm. They made it they were making it impossible to even go to the range. In fact, that was another case that was going to go before uh, the Supreme Court and they were trying to walk it back. I mean, so this is it, it, it. It's it's an insane law that's being challenged and it has nothing to do with what she's talking about right here. Can you imagine having that job? You just show up and you don't have to. I've, I've guest hosted the view, so I know exactly what goes on. You show up, they take you to makeup. That's when producers come and they bring you a packet of information that they determine you're going to talk about today. I was on, the last time I was there, Barbara Walters was still there. Who She hated me. Oh my gosh, she, I have to tell you, I have to tell you this story. She hated me so bad. But that's how it works when you go to The View. You, they hand you a packet of information, you look at the information, and then you go out and you talk about it. So she didn't even, apparently wasn't, did not care enough about the issue to where the concern would prevail upon her, the importance of doing research so she knew what she's talking about. And apparently their production staff didn't prep them adequately. And so you have this stupid verbal diarrhea all over the view. So here's my fun story. The first time I was ever there, Jenny McCarthy was still there. She was so great. I liked Jenny McCarthy. 
She was very nice. People can get mad at her about all kinds of, but I liked her. She was real genuine. She was very friendly. And I have, I mean, she, I really, I liked her a lot. And she was incredibly nice and genuinely so. I felt that everybody, like Whoopi Goldberg was nice and polite, but I felt that she was doing so because she was doing her job. Barbara Walters hated me, hated my guts, did not even want to address me. And it was really funny because I was sitting on there, I was sitting at their table and behind me I was at the range that they had on their big video wall. I was at the range uh, shooting one of my many rifles. She was like, so you like guns? I'm like, what am I going to say to that? No, I don't know where you got this video either. I mean, it was just weird. So at one point, this was so funny. You, after you leave makeup, they take you to this little weird dressing room. Everybody has their own dressing rooms. And then you have to go... Um, I can't remember if you take the elevator up or down. I can't remember. You have to get on an elevator and go to wherever their sound stage is. And you had to walk down a long hall to get to this like freight elevator to go up. And, and Barbara Walters could barely move a snail's pace. And she was like shuffling along. And we're all in our heels. And, we're, and nobody wanted to walk ahead of her. It was like a power move. Everybody was like walking with or behind her. And I felt like I felt like it was a Men in Black episode where I was dragging the table over to fill out my sheet because I'm in heels. Like I ain't going to sit here and take baby steps and walk uncomfortably for anyone. So I just like walked out of her and went into the damn elevator and I turned around and I just pretended I was holding it open, which it was just open anyway. Maybe I didn't have to pretend. And there was like she looked at me. It was weird. She did not like me, but I ain't going to sit here and pretend to slow walk for you or anyone. I don't give a rats. It's not happening. I had, but I've never seen anything like that in my life. That was the first, you see that stuff like portrayed as, you know, exaggeration in movies. I've never seen it happen in real life, but it did. Like a power play like that. You see it in an exaggerated form in a movie, but you never see it in real life. And I just, you know what I mean? Like everybody was like walking with her. Nobody wanted to just like walk in front of her. I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is dumb. I'm in heels. Okay. I'm in, you know, I got, so I walked up. That was fun. But you just show up. You just get your packet. You look it over and you're like, mm-hmm. and there's enough of them there where you don't really need to know a lot. It's just blah, blah, you just that's all you do. It's not like our show, which is one of the reasons why we are. I mean, really, I think we're number five uh, in the in the country. Thanks to Michael Harrison and talkers. And, you know, because we don't have a team that does all of our re- we, we don't have that. It's us. It's me. It's Kane and Steve. And we have to, we piece this show together. And if you're watching the simulcast, you can thank Juan. That's, that's what it is. We have to know what we're talking about. No one's handing us stuff. No one's handing Kane. You know, sometimes I'll be like, Kane, what do you think? And you're like, I'm still reading this. I mean, I mean <laughs> especially when we're like watching moves like with Twitter and all that today. You can tell that they don't, you can just tell. Right? It's just, it's something to keep on in the background i don't know that's this is like white noise but that is that was so wrong what she said there so wrong that's and that's not how our supreme court works but it's weird that you have people who think that that's how it does work i just you're a bad citizen if you don't know that your how your government operates you're just a bad citizen and i could sit here and say yeah government's so big you know there's a you know we should you know i get it blah 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 no, I think that there's no excuse. I mean, just don't be a bad citizen. You know, understand how your government works. I have a story, and I was trying to pull it up, uh, that had to do 
with the Black Lives Matter grift and how what were they saying that uh, it was triggering how much they had to reveal on their documentation the tr- the charity transparency transparency the Patrice Colors the co-founder of Black Lives Matter said that transparency laws are triggering. She said, I didn't know what 990s were before all that happened. Financial disclosures are triggering. Um, okay. She was talking to an event. She was talking to people on an event last week, and this came out yesterday. And it's at IRS Form 990, and they have to file that every year and disclose their financial activities. And she said, quote, I'm like, uh, it's like triggering. She said that filing the financial disclosure form, quote, doesn't seem safe for us. Quote, this is like deeply unsafe. This is literally like being weaponized against us against the people we work with, end quote. And Kalor said that that they are, quote, attacked and scrutinized, end quote. Then you shouldn't have done, then don't accept donations. Don't turn yourself into uh, a 990. Then don't do that. How is it triggering? You know how many groups have to pay taxes and how many groups have to have or file these financial disclosure forms? Do you hear them complaining about it? She's just mad because it shows what a fraud and a grift it is. A $6 million mansion? Man, BLM's property portfolio. Whew. From what I'm hearing, a lot of the grassroots civil rights groups won't have anything to do with them anymore. That's why there's two New York BLMs. Did you know that? There's like the BLM, BLM, like the, her group. And then there's another BLM that did not want to be associated with it because they thought they were grifters. That's how bad this is. And so many people got taken. I'm going to put up my black square. I'm going to paint the mural in the street. Look, all of the bad feels stopped. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. So on the recommendation of my oldest son, I started playing Elden Ring last night. And it's part of it's based on George R. R. Martin's. He's had some some a series that was similar to that. He he provided a lot of information for it. Beautiful, beautiful game. The gameplay is legit. The graphics are amazing. It's not woke at all. Like they don't even ask you. They're like you can be a dude or a chick. There's no pronouns. Like because I was I'm also playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and they're like, what pronoun do you want? And I don't. They don't give me the option to insult the software. Uh, but you know. And but it is amazing. It's a role player and it's, you know, medieval fantasy and, you know, arrows and swords and all that stuff. But one of the things that I was really thinking about and I was explaining this to Kane to because Kane plays. He was talking about Rocket League. I, I'm trying to get him to play Elden Ring because I now I want to play it. I, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to eat pizza and I'm legit going to be like a 14 year old boy tonight and I'm probably going to play Elden Ring. I'm not even going to lie. So they have it's like 
an untrollable social media platform itself in Elden Ring because you can write these messages and they're like these glowy runes and I, sometimes I get freaked out because there's a lot of them. Some of them are really helpful. Like they'll say surprise attack ahead and I'm like, thank you so much. And I'm like, applaud that message. And I get, I get real excited. Some of them are lame. But there's, you can't just write anything that you want. You have to select something, but they're hysterical. But it is its own social media platform within the game. And I was thinking about that in light of everything that's happening with Twitter and everything else. Um, and there's it's uh, there's a lot of there's some fun trolling, like light, like good natured trolling. And they have some of it's just really good advice. But um, like they'll have uh, there's one that I was really hesitant of because I had to jump off a cliff and it said, try jumping. And I'm like, this is obviously a lie. Well, as it turned out, I actually did have to jump into that dark chasm that was there uh, because there was just another little ledge I could jump on. But it's a it's really it's a very different gameplay. It's not like um, I mean, for obvious reasons, not like Call of Duty. I mean, it's almost like they got actual swordsmiths and said, let's you know, we're going to model how this how this boss fights based on your reactions here. And you actually have to be a lot smarter about it. You can't just rely on, you know, stuff that you've kind of been trained to do with other games. So it's it's definitely gets you out of your comfort zone. So I'm I'm actually excited about it. I highly recommend it, Elden Ring. I very much recommend it. Um, it's a very good game and it's a beautifully, beautifully rendered, beautifully made. All right, and it's also Easter weekend. And I think this is, you know, obviously we're very grateful. We're very, because we're all wretches and we all don't deserve it. And uh, yet we're all saved anyway. So I hope y'all are in the church pews on Sunday. And, uh, and then you can go and uh, eat your heart out on uh, a really bad chocolate bunnies. Today in stupidity came. All right. I had a choice. So I thought it was going to be Joy Behar, Joyless Behar, on how the Supreme Court is poised to pass a bill. Which, it's, that's so stupid. But we'll, we'll just do a Biden cut, because he had so many from yesterday. This is him talking about blindfolding you in the middle of the night and taking you to an airport. Listen to this. States of America, one of the busiest airports in the world, fixed in two weeks. And I got in trouble because he said, if I took you into O'Hare Airport, Blindfold in the middle of the night. Yeah, you would get in and trouble. And took you into one of China's airports. Cal- blindfold in the night. So where are you? Happen. China or the United States? You'd probably think the Chinese airport was ours. What? No. No, you wouldn't get beaten by the big whites. And then your dog wouldn't be murdered right. in front of you. Say, so I would know. Because yeah. the, the freedom. But if I'm blindfolded, I'd yeah. still, there'd still be some... Yeah, that's today in stupidity. Folks, thanks for making us top in the country. We really appreciate fellowshipping with you every afternoon. Thanks to Lorraine for handling the chat and for everybody who gets in there and talks and hangs out. Uh, We're grateful for all of you. So have a wonderful Easter weekend and we will be back with you on Monday.